By what authority do you do these things? Good morning, Christian America. This is the question that the scribes, that the Pharisees, that the Sadducees, the people who are the religious leaders of Jerusalem, this is the question that they have the nerve to ask Jesus. By what authority are you doing these things? By what authority are you teaching these things? By what authority? Who gives you the right to say these things without coming through us? That's what they're asking him. Let's get into the word today to find out what his response is and how that type of scenario reflects so accurately in the world that we live in today. So without further ado, let's get into the word. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort coming to you this Monday to get into the word of God, because it's the most important thing that we can do. When we get into scripture, we hear what Jesus has to say to us. We see the example that he provides for us, the good things that he gives to us, but we also get a chance to see the bad things that the religious leaders, the hypocrites of, the, of his day, uh, push back against him. And it's so frequently that we see that the hypocrites of Jesus's day are very similar to the hypocrites of our day. And so when we look at scripture and we read it and we think about it, we contemplate on it, we meditate on it, we help, you should memorize it. Um, as we do these things, we should also take note of what not to do, how not to act, what not to say. And Jesus gives plenty of example throughout the Gospels, which is why we're going through the Gospels. We, If you follow this podcast, you know that we started in the Gospel of, of Matthew. Uh, we, we've completed that. We've come to chapter 11 in the Gospel of Mark, um, following Jesus's ministry hearing what he has to say. Jesus as the son of man, Jesus as the second part of the Trinity, Jesus as the authority of one who was there at the beginning of time to the one who will be there at the end of time. Jesus that is equal to the Father and to the Holy Spirit in every way. Jesus that came down from heaven to minister to this earth to provide this revelation to us through his words, through his actions, through his teachings. We have a responsibility not only to understand this, not only to read it, but to, but to live it. Our Christian faith is not one merely of academics. It's not one merely of just reading. It's one of action. It's one of deeds. It's one of good works. The, the verbs that Jesus uses throughout this, the, the, his revelation, with, throughout his ministry, there's tons of action words. To go, to build, to make, to pick up, to follow, and so on and so on. That's why it's important that we get into scripture. It's even doubly important that we, which we, we try to show it to you because friends, it's no, it should be no surprise to you 
that there are plenty of ministers, there are plenty of preachers, there are plenty of pastors, bishops, whatever they call themselves. There's plenty of people out there that have their own agenda. And what they like to do is they like to pick apart scripture to give messages that fit their agenda. Whether that agenda is prosperity, they pick out scripture to promote prosperity in this world. Whether that agenda is one of liberation theology, they pick out scripture to reinforce that agenda. Whether that agenda is the promotion of poverty, there are plenty of people that believe and preach Jesus of poverty because Jesus does preach of being last on this earth in order to be first in heaven. So all of those things by themselves are not completely wrong. But it's important that we don't focus our attention and box Jesus into just a portion based on what we think because we are not the Lord and Savior. He is. We are not gods. He is God. We do not have that authority, but friends, he does. And so when people challenge the teachings of Jesus, all the teachings of Jesus, they challenge his authority. And when they challenge his authority, they assume that they have greater authority, one in which they challenge him. Tell me that doesn't sound like people today. Tell me that doesn't sound like people today when Jesus preaches on marriage, when Jesus preaches on life, when Jesus preaches on sin, when Jesus has harsh words for those who cause other people to sin. Tell me there aren't people like that today that challenge Jesus' authority. You know there are. And this scripture that we're going to get into today, this Monday, it was no different than Jesus' day. Jesus has made his return to Jerusalem. Jesus is getting ready to enter into his passion. Jesus is getting ready to fulfill all those prophecies. Jesus is getting ready to fulfill the work which he came to earth to do. And he's confronted by the religious leaders of his day who dare to question his authority. Let's get into the word right now so that you can see it and hear it for yourself. Grab your Bibles, turn it to uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. We're going to start at verse 27 when he enters the city. Verse 27 starts off. It says, They returned once more to Jerusalem, and he was walking in the temple area. The chief priests and the scribes and the elders approached him and said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do them? And Jesus said to them, I shall ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was John's baptism of heavenly or of human origin? Answer me. They discussed this among themselves and said, if we say of heavenly origin, he will say, then why did you not believe him? But 
shall we say, of human origin, they feared the crowd, for they all thought John really was a prophet. So they said to Jesus in reply, we do not know. Then Jesus said to them, neither shall I tell you by what authority I do these things. Think about that scenario. Jesus is coming into his passion. He is days at this point. He is days away from showing the world the power of God, the power that he possesses. He's days away from conquering death. And they have the nerve, these Pharisees, these so-called leaders have the nerve to question his authority. And so he takes a combative tone. Let no one tell you that Jesus doesn't take a combative stance, that, D, that Jesus just simply loves and loves and never says anything harsh. Jesus goes on in the Gospel of Matthew around this point in his ministry to call out the Pharisees and the hypocrites seven different times. And he calls them names. He, he, he drives out the money changers in the temple. He fashions whips when he does that. He constantly talks about death, eternal death to those who sin and cause other people to sin. Don't, don't be fooled, friends. Just like in this passage, Jesus doesn't just lay down rhetorically. He stands firm. And if, if you think that you're going to challenge Jesus, Jesus challenges you right back. And that's what he does. He challenges right back to these so-called leaders, these so-called uh, enlightened religious leaders of his day. And he puts a simple question to him. Was John the Baptist, was his baptism of human origin or was it heavenly origin? This, at this point in time, John the Baptist has been beheaded. John the Baptist was hated by these religious leaders. He called them a brood of snakes. Oh, excuse me, a brood of vipers. They had no love for John. They had no regard for his mission. They had no regard for his baptism, for the voice in which he was crying out in the desert, making the way for the one that is to come, making the way for Jesus. Elijah, come again. Jesus talks about that. John being the new Elijah, the new prophet. And so he challenges these religious leaders that hate him just like they hated John. And in that moment, he juxtaposes him, him and John, and he juxtaposes their ideas of who he is and their ideas of who John is, or who John was. And what happens when these hypocrites are challenged? The same thing that has happened that happens today when our religious hypocrites are challenged with their false gospel, with their incomplete gospel, 
when they're challenged with their own agenda that they put ahead of the gospel, ahead of what Jesus said in his totality, they back down. They don't know what to say. When challenged with tough questions, listen to your religious leaders today. Listen to the famous pastors and preachers and the televangelists of today. When they're challenged with tough questions that the world, when the world challenges them, not very few Christians challenge them, which is a whole nother conversation on its own. But when the world challenges these so-called leaders, these leaders of ministries, what do they do? They hum, they haw, they talk about not wanting to offend. They talk about trying to lift people up and bring people together, but they never really answer the question. There's plenty of videos. There's plenty of YouTube videos. There's plenty of content that, that, that are out there that you can find from all the people that you're thinking of, that I'm thinking of. I won't mention any names. But when they're challenged, they back up. They show in their obfuscation, they show their unbelief. These elders in this passage, when they're challenged by Jesus and they obfuscate, they show their unbelief. Because if they truly believed that John was of human origin, that John's baptism, that John's ministry was of human origin, they should have said it. But instead, they were worried about the crowd. They were worried about the world. Jesus has no problem with the world. Jesus has no problem speaking the truth. Jesus is the truth. So when he stands firm and he says things that maybe some people don't like, some things that they wanted to stone him for, he says it anyway. In the book of Acts, when Peter and John stand before the people of the crowd in the, in the city square and they preach the name of Jesus, they do so unapologetically. They're not afraid of the crowd. When they get arrested and they get brought before the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees who tell them not to preach in the name of Jesus ever again, they don't obfuscate. They don't lie. They don't say, hey, we, we'll, we won't, and then they go do. They stand strong. They stand firm. They tell the truth. No, we will not stop preaching in the name of Jesus. Can you see the difference between the hypocrites and the true believers? Can you see the difference between those who actually believe what they say they believe and those people who don't? Friends, as a community, as a Christian family, in this country, we need to have a come to Jesus moment amongst the community, amongst ourselves. Do we believe these things that we say we believe or are they just, are they just words? They're just motivation. They're just a, a good way to live. Or are they righteousness? Is the gospel, the word of God, the eternal 
everlasting God? Or is it just words on a paper that make us feel better? I, for one, believe that this is the word of God. I believe that the teachings of Christ, I believe that Jesus was there at the beginning of time as one part of the Trinity, and he will be there at the end of time, just like the book of Revelation tells us. I believe in his ministry. I believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life. I believe that all of these things happened and everything that he's prophesied will happen. And if that means I lose friends, then it means I lose friends. If it means that I'm not so popular, then it means I'm not so popular. But friends, we're, we're not called to be popular. We're called to be children of God. We're called to obey him. We're called to glorify him. We're called to follow him. To pick up the verb, our cross, and follow him. Another verb, action word. Can we do that? I encourage you to do that. This Monday, as you set your eyes, as you set your destination on the world that we have to live in, will you live for Christ or will you live for the world? I pray that you live for Christ. Friends, if you like content like this, if you like, if you get some value out of this, we don't ask for donations. We ask for your participation. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. Subscribe to this Rumble channel. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it or whatever social media page you're watching it on. Like it and follow it. That way you don't miss uh, either our Monday podcast, this podcast, or our Friday podcast where we um, we talk about things that, uh, that, that affect our daily life um, that are based on Scripture. And if you can do that, or if you would do that, we'd be most appreciative. Uh, continue to spread the word of God. Be value to those who need you. Be value to your family. Be value to your community. Spread the gospel. There is nothing in this life more valuable than the word of God. On a whole host of reasons. If we did that as a community, I promise you, this world would be a better place. So again, like and subscribe, follow us on all the social media platforms. Don't forget Rumble, don't forget Parlor, along with Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and uh, YouTube and, and, and all the other platforms, all the other podcasts. Continue to, to follow and subscribe. We, we'd most appreciate it. Um, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Friday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.